Hello, this is Dan Jones, and this is another Quiet Talk. I hope this will be an encouragement to you, and I do these things for that reason. I want people to come into a deeper relationship with Christ, to grow in His grace and wisdom. Well, for the last two weeks, I've talked about people from the book of Judges in the Old Testament. The book of Judges comes right after the book of Joshua in the Bible. You remember that Joshua was the successor of Moses. He has a book in the Bible called by his name, which comes right after the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Then comes Joshua, and then comes Judges. Now, before we talk about this week's character, and he was a character, Let's back up a bit and give some context for Judges. Judges covers the time right after the death of Joshua, as I said. Judges is a sad book in many ways because it's the story of Israel's repeated apostasy. I guess uh, really the rest of the Old Testament is the same. The people of Israel would turn away from God, get involved in idolatry, and as a result, God would hand them over to some neighboring tribe who would subdue them, and then they would eventually cry out to God for deliverance. God, being the merciful God that he is, would always raise up a deliverer. These deliverers at this time were called judges. Now, for our story today, I think it's especially relevant to start out with this verse from chapter 2 of Judges, and it says this, Whenever the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge. And he saved them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who afflicted and oppressed them. Remember that. God was with the judge, which meant that God empowered the judge to conquer Israel's current enemy. The fact that God used the judge doesn't mean that the judge was a perfect person. And today's judge was about as imperfect as you can get. You've heard of him. His name was Samson. When I was a kid in Sunday school, they told us about Samson and how strong he was and all of his exploits. As a little boy, I thought he was pretty cool. Little boys admire strength. By the way, I was also a big fan of Popeye then. But what they didn't talk that much about was Samson's moral life. He was not the kind of guy you would want your sister to go out with. But I get ahead of myself. Our story begins in chapter 13. This time it was the infamous Philistines who conquered Israel. You remember that the most famous Philistine in the Bible was the big guy, Goliath. The story of Samson begins in a familiar way. An angel appears to a woman and tells her she's going to have a baby. Now, if you're listening to this, and even if you are not extremely knowledgeable about the Bible, that should ring a bell. Remember a young girl named Mary and an angel named Gabriel? Now, the name of this angel in Judges 13 is not given. It could have been Gabriel, I guess, but 
Maybe it was like some famous movie stars. When you look at their early pictures, sometimes they were uncredited. Anyway, the difference, of course, here is that the woman who became the mother of Samson was already married but had never been able to have children. There's another recurrent theme in Scripture, God giving a special child to someone who thought they'd never have a child. Think of Sarah, Rebecca, and Hannah, who was the mother of the prophet Samuel. The Bible makes a big deal about babies. Psalm 127 says that children are the heritage of the Lord. They are a gift that he gives, or perhaps we should say a stewardship. God gives us children that we might train them up to follow him and live godly in this world. I think it is wonderful to read these accounts of God promising a mother or a father or both that the child they are about to have is part of God's plan in this world. That is so exciting. Suppose someone very famous and respected and powerful called you up and said, I want you to be a part of what I'm doing. You would be so thrilled. God makes calls like that every day. It's just that we often don't answer. We just let his call go to voicemail. God wants you to be part of his work. Are you available? Well, the couple who ended up being the parents of Samson were available. They were honored to be chosen by God for this important work. Their story in chapter 13 is striking. I'm sorry I don't have time to cover it all in this short talk, but at the end of the chapter it says, And the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the young man grew, and the Lord blessed him. Now you probably don't, you probably know about some of the powerful deeds of Samson, which were done against the Philistines. I'm sure you know the name of the woman who finally tricked him into giving up the secret of his strength. And therein lay Samson's weakness. You may not remember that before Delilah seduced Samson, he employed the services of a prostitute. It was just after this that his enemies, the Philistines, got Delilah to get involved with Samson for the express purpose of defeating him. So far, they had not been able to prevail with Samson, but after much resistance, he finally gave in to this woman, and he was defeated by his enemies. Now, there are many lessons we can learn from the story of Samson. The most obvious is that giving in to sexual temptation always carries a price. In Samson's case, the price was first his defeat, and then his humiliation. The Philistines gouged out his eyes and set him to grinding at the mill, which was usually women's work in their culture. Over time, though, his hair grew back and his strength returned. One day, they brought Samson into a feast they were giving to honor their god, Dagon. They mocked him and praised their god who had given Samson into their hands, or so they thought. Samson asked the young man who was leading him to put his hands on the pillars of the building. Samson prayed that God would once again strengthen him. God answered Samson 
and he pulled down those pillars, causing the building to collapse, killing all the Philistines who were there along with himself. The Bible tells us that in his death, he killed more of the enemy, more Philistines than he did in all of his former days before he was defeated by Delilah. God delivered his people using a very imperfect vessel. God is not limited in that way. As a preacher said years ago, God sometimes uses people that I don't approve of. How true that is. If God only used perfect people, he'd never be able to use anybody. Now, when God appeared to Samson's mother and father and promised that their son would be a deliverer, it was not predestinated that Samson would sin and be have the weaknesses that he did. He didn't have to do those things. He could have chosen otherwise. But God used him anyway. Now, you and I don't need a deliverer like Samson who can kill a lion with his bare hands or a thousand Philistines with a donkey's jawbone. We need a deliverer who can free us from the power of sin and Satan. And we have such a deliverer. His name is Jesus. His very name, the Hebrew form, is Yeshua, Joshua. That name means Jehovah is salvation. Unlike Samson, Jesus didn't gain the victory through killing anybody. He gained the victory by laying down his own life to those who killed him. He offered himself up as the perfect sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. The New Testament tells the story of another very imperfect person. He was not immoral in the way Samson was, but like Samson, he was weak in the very moment when he needed to be strong. His name was Peter. He wrote these words about Jesus in 1 Peter chapter 2. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Have you experienced this deliverance, my friend? This deliverance that Jesus offers you? If not, I urge you at this moment to call out to him. Call his name, Jesus. Jesus, call out to him by name. Confess to Jesus that you have sinned against God and by faith receive the forgiveness, the deliverance, the salvation that he made available to us when he freely went to Calvary. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, 
as much as anybody listening to this podcast today, I need you, Jesus. I need your strength, your forgiveness, your deliverance. I am a sinner, and I need the blood of Jesus Christ to wash me, to cleanse me from all sin. We all need you, Lord Jesus, and I pray that there might be someone listening to me today, even if they already know you, that they would call out to Jesus for strength and grace and help, whatever situation they're in. Many people are in turmoil at this moment. Many people need deliverance from fear, from stress, from doubt, from worry. You are our great deliverer. You conquered death by surrendering to death. You delivered us from the fear of death. Dear Jesus, we love you today. We need you. In our weakness, we need you, Jesus. Bless those who listen today. I pray they'll call out to you by name, Lord Jesus Christ, in your precious name. Amen. I would love to hear from you if you want to contact me. My email address is father.danjones at outlook.com. F-A-T-H-E-R dot D-A-N-J-O-N-E-S at outlook.com. God bless you.